Welcome back, Sparklers. Today, let's talk about health and wellness. Those are two components to life of which I am very passionate. Those of you know me or have heard me, I'm really into yoga. Yoga is my healing, my centering, my grounding. And I also am very aware of what I put into my body. Now, there's some chips that fly in there and some wine occasionally. I admit it, I'm human. But I'm very excited to bring you Sarah Loomis today. She is a health and wellness expert. And that's all I'm going to say as we get into our conversation. Thank you, Sarah, for joining me. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. And I'd like to start off by saying that I love your Ignite the Spark message. I relate to it so, so much because I have um, felt sparkless and the contrast of feeling, you know, an ignited spark. Professionally, my mission in the health and fitness wellness world is to bring back the spark to an industry that is supposed to make us feel alive and happy and relaxed in what you described um, with yoga, but has become the opposite for so many people. And instead it's overwhelming, hard to navigate, dark and uh, very stressful, which is the exact opposite of what it's supposed to do. So I'm really excited. I'm all about the spark. I know exactly what you're saying. I get it. We're going to go into that. But my first question to you is on those days when your spark is, eh, what do you do to ignite your spark? Well, food is definitely the thing that ignites my spark. When I eat something fresh or uh, full of flavor, whether it's a perfect avocado or a multi-course meal, a fresh baked cookie, uh, whatever it is, I have noticed that I am very present in the moment and just like full of joy. And it's funny because lately, I think like many people during uh, COVID, a lot of people take walks and that's not, that was not some, a big part of my day. I'd go to the gym, I'd work out, I'd eat well, whatever. But a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling so sparkless and I was like, should I go for a walk? Should I eat my cookies? So I grabbed my cookies. I went for a walk and I felt awesome. So I had the food. I had nature. I had movement all in one. Ooh, that's good. Big cookies <laughs> on the walk. I like that. Walking. It's so funny because you say that because if it's the afternoon, I've already done my yoga or a workout or whatever, and I'm feeling draggy and less than, and I don't you know, drink caffeine after a certain point, I'll only drink my caffeinated tea in the morning. And then the afternoons I'll drink herbal tea or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm feeling sort of drag. If I go on a walk, even 10 minutes, I feel so much better. I know we tell people this all the time, but you really have to experience it in order to understand the benefits of getting your heart going. Even if you can't go outside, jog in place, step in place, move to music, whatever. But let's, let's go back to that, to that fitness industry and what has happened to it. It has become such big business, correct? Absolutely. And it's scary too, because everyone's an expert now and the barrier to entry is so low. I know someone who started eating these bars and he works in tech, but he recently uh, started working for the bar company and put up a post that says, I'm excited to announce that I am now a health coach. And so there's just, it's just adds to the noise, which makes it so hard for the average person to know what to do and to 
feel guided. There's a big disconnect between the health professionals and the people that need the information. How did you get started on this journey to bringing true health and wellness to people? I guess I'll start when I was in college, I took a um, Myers-Briggs test. And this is kind of a funny story. The head of career services was like, you need to work in health and wellness. You should apply to these high level, fancy places, like retreat type places. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to work at a bank. I have four interviews at these financial institutions in Boston. And he was like, no, you should work in health and wellness. Was, I'm all set. So I set off and I worked at a bank and then would obviously, you know, spend a lot of time at the gym before and after work and was kind of a, a gym rat. And the the general manager was like, when am I going to hire you? When can I hire you? When can I hire you? So I um, got certified and then slowly made the transition over. And that was about 12 years ago. I was doing all the right things. I was eating well. I was getting my workouts in, but I didn't feel healthy and something was missing. I realized later that it's what you would call the, the spark. You know, as far as anyone could tell, I was healthy, but we all want to feel healthy inside and out and you need your spark. Yeah, I kind of set off on this mission to figure out where the disconnect is between what we're told is healthy and what it actually is. And my definition evolves, but it's really that health is about feeling alive and happy and it's about growth and evolution. And most importantly, I think self-compassion. So you get to this point where you do the healthy things, not because you have to, because you want to, because not taking care of yourself is just like not an option. And so that's kind of like what I preach and that's uh, my message. So you were, you got trained to be a physical, um, no, not physical. A personal trainer. A, a personal, personal trainer. trainer. Right. Yeah. And that was not bringing you what you felt it should. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. The model, it's broken. And I think that with COVID, it's it's changing a lot for the best. People would come in, they, they didn't feel good inside and out, and they'd want me to fix that. And you can't do that with squats and lunges in 30 minutes or an hour on the fitness floor when they maybe hate their job, maybe they're in a bad marriage, and like all this, they bring all this stuff in there with them. And so the, the model, I think I, I was frustrated with. So um, what I do now in my business is I have one-on-one -on -one sessions. I do a group coaching session where we talk about the third piece. So it's diet, exercise, and let's go with your word, the spark, how to, you know, really like live a happy, meaningful life. I've also put together a program that's a, an on your own type program online. So what you do really is more coaching. Is it, is it helping them bring awareness to what it is that is missing in their life? Do you talk to them rather than just leading them through exercises? Do you delve into what's going on in their life in order to recognize, bring awareness, and hopefully change that? Oh, absolutely. Uh -huh. And I think a big thing is really unlearning the lies that we've been fed for so long. Um, you know, calories and carbs make you fat. Uh, the goal is skinny with abs. There's a, a wagon and a finish line, this finish line that you can get to a certain point where you're just allowed to eat whatever you want. And there, there are so many preconceived ideas that we've been programmed with that really hold us back. And if you're starting off on a health and fitness journey and you think that healthy people 
wake up at 4 a.m., meditate for an hour in total silence, have superhuman willpower to just only eat salads. And you feel so disconnected from that goal, from what you're going after. You already feel defeated. Well, I'll never be that. The journey already is not fun. Definitely sparkless. It's mindset. When you say mindset is one of the biggest blocks or not just a block, but it can be a motivator changing your mindset, believing that you can do this. You don't have to get up at 4 a.m. Yeah, 100%. So how do you do that with people? Do you, so you said you have group coaching. Do you work with groups of individuals together and then individuals, I guess? Mm -hmm. So what would you start with if I came to you and said, you know, I know I need to work out and I kind of do this and I kind of do that, but it feels sort of blah. What would your process be? I've really worked hard on my onboarding process to get to know somebody and, you know, figure out like what makes them tick and try to uncover. I'm going to keep using your word because I'm obsessed with it. Try to <laughs> uncover their spark. When you wake up in the morning, you have to access that spark. I try to teach people that it's all about awareness, the self-awareness to do what feels right for you, to Find and eat the foods that make you feel good and alive, that you're excited for before, during, and after, and to incorporate those things in your life as often as possible. Try to help people work through the blocks, have those aha moments where it's like, oh, you're right. Like, maybe I don't have to work out every single day, or maybe I don't have to wake up at 5 a.m. Then I'm a big believer in the whole like small changes, big results sort of thing. So just implementing new ways of existing and new little tweaks, take what's working and then make a tweak. So often people want a total um, overhaul. It's like, I'm going to cut the, all these things out. I'm going to start doing this fitness program every day. And that's, you know, not sustainable. So try to uh, figure out what makes them tick, what makes them alive, what they're excited for. So often people are like, what, what exercise should I do to do this? It's like the ones that you enjoy, <laughs> like yeah. for you, it's yoga for some people, it might be going for a walk and they just kind of build on that. That's a really good point. Do what you enjoy doing, because if you're forcing your body to do 12 reps of bicep curls and you really hate doing that, then you're not going to keep it up. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I really just, I love dance. My body doesn't let me do some of the things it used to do, but I am often found with the music on sort of just moving and grooving it. Music is so powerful. So powerful. It totally ignites my spark. And I think it, it, there's probably not a person where music does not ignite their spark in some way. And that would be such a good thing to do, no matter what you're exercising, no matter what you're doing. But anyway, back to what you do, do you work with a nutritionist or how do you get people to, or is it just sort of common sense? I mean, because we know, I mean, the chips I eat are healthy, as healthy as they can be. I'm not eating Lay's potato chips or Fritos, sorry, to those people who love those things. But I mean, I know that eating too much of them is probably not good, but I mean, I have some self-regulation abilities but I also have been to the, you know, as many people, I'm sure when I was in my 20s, I had to work out twice a day. I mean, I was obsessed. And I think obsession is really something that this fitness industry has propagated. And yeah. that's not good obsession of any kind. And we have to learn that. And I, as I'm saying this, I'm imagining you would be the kind of person I would go to and go, oh my gosh, I 
I can't do this anymore. Help me. Do people come to you who are super fit? Or- yeah, you know, most of my clients and the the type of person that I that I kind of most like to work with are people who are mostly healthy and who are doing what they believe is all the right things. There's been a, a prior investment in their health probably worked with uh, professionals before, but it's like, what's that missing thing? And the way I approach it is the spark, like what makes them feel their best. Going back a little bit to nutrition, I have a certification in nutrition, but I am a big believer in finding the foods that I'll back up a little bit. I have a friend and she one time said, sushi is your favorite food. And I was like, what do you mean? You think so? And she was like, well, yeah, you're happy before, during, and after like a couple of years after I was like, that is a very powerful statement. So what we have to do is find the foods that make us feel good before, during, and after find the, the chips, for example, you're excited about, Oh, I can't wait till my sandwich at two o'clock. I'm going to have my chips. You're eating them like, Oh, these are the best chips. These are, they're so delicious. I'm going to savor each one. And then afterwards still thinking about just how delicious those, those really hit the spot. And there's obviously this huge market now of like the healthy chips, the healthy waffles, the healthy this, the healthy that. But as far as I'm concerned, like process to some extent, like processed food is processed food. And if you want a certain kind of chip and while you're eating the not quite the same type of chip, if you're thinking about the other ones, just have the other ones and don't overdo it. Simplify it as like quality and quantity. I always uh, reach for like the best quality of anything you can get. I think it's important to have high frequency, high vibrational, very colorful foods at every feeding, at every meal. So if you're going to have delays chips, have it with a perfect avocado, have it with lots of healthy like fruits and vegetables. And with the average client, I would say most people that I work with, it's like, let's just start with incorporating a fruit or a vegetable at every single meal. Last last week, my mom called me and it's like, oh, Sarah, I just had a, I was feeling so exhausted and I had some broccoli and some kale thing and I just feel so energized. And I was like, well, yeah, that's how you're supposed to feel after you eat. But we just, we forget. And when you eat something out of like a box or a bag, you're not really going to feel that alive. But when you eat things that come from the earth and we're alive, we need to remember that those things make us feel that way and then kind of file it away. And then eat those things as often as possible. I agree with you. Actually, I don't crave Lay's potato chips at all. I crave my Siete chips. If you'd like to. Oh, so good. The best. And I feel fine after eating. I feel great. You know, I will dip them in avocado. True. Mm -hmm. Or homemade hummus. You said avocado. And now like, I really want avocado. I have. Well, there you go. You're having like the the quality version of the chip. They're delicious. They're good for you. As far as chips go, like you said. And then if you cover them with guacamole and tomatoes, or maybe I, I throw spinach all over my nachos and like, just yeah, I've seen those on you. I was, I, I saw that on your Instagram. I was like, what a good idea I love spinach. in everything too, because it's such a, an easy throw in to like a smoothie or whatever. I really believe that same way. What you were saying, first of all, everything in moderation, you know, if you crave that chocolate chip cookie, I don't eat gluten, so I don't. Uh, but I make cookies. I make them with almond flour and cassava flour and spelt flour and other things. And they're delicious. I don't overdo it when I eat them, but they're very good, but everything Mm -hmm. in moderation. And I love that 
food from the earth. You know, food, we're supposed to be nourishing ourselves with natural, organic, fresh fruits and vegetables. I'm a huge believer in that and try to incorporate, of course, in every in every meal. But I know there are people, it's funny you said that about the guy with the bars. Bars have nothing. I mean, pretty much. I suggest people make their own nut balls, you know, yeah. with dates and almond butter. And at least you're getting, you know, what's in them. I, I agree with the processed foods. I know that, but my chips, my siete chips, mm, so good. So you would say to someone, but I mean, you know, do, some, are, do people lie when you ask them? So what do you eat? What, what do you, because I know people lie, you know. Probably. Yeah, I guess uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm careful from the beginning. I don't want someone to be afraid of me. I'm not here to police your workouts and your food. I'm here to guide you and help you and inspire you and to figure out like, why we're drinking a bottle of wine every night and what we can do instead. Mm. And so from the beginning, I try to, if someone tells me that they ate a bag of chips or drank a bottle of wine or did both together, and I'm not going to be like, <gasps> like, right. I was like, okay. And right. then try to just be a really safe space for, for that to build trust and dialogue and openness. And that's really the only way that we can get anywhere, you know? So you're creating something that is not known. I mean, it's not like we can say, oh, I'm going to go to that fitness coach. You've created this great business model, as it were, to be sort of businessy about it, where you're combining, igniting someone's spark, <laughs> healing them with foods and exercise and changing their mindset, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'm really just on a mission to get people to not dread like diet and exercise and to stop really lumping them together too. We do ourselves such a disservice by combining what is, what is fitness? What is health? It's diet and exercise. That's awful. Like if you're thinking about, if you're eating a, your bag of chips, right. And you're thinking about how I didn't work out today. I'm not, I don't, mm, well, I'll have a couple. And you're eating them like, well, I'll burn them off tomorrow. You're not enjoying the chips. You're already like planning some sort of punishment. And in reality, your body's saying, oh, some chips would really hit the spot right now. So I'm having a couple of chips. Then the next day you're like, oh, my body just needs to move. Let's go to yoga. I try to help people recognize that every moment is a new moment with a new choice and opportunity to build on our relationship with our body and to make the best possible decision that we can in that moment. You help people give themselves permission, perhaps would be a way of saying it, to eat the foods that they enjoy, not to excess, mm -hmm. and to exercise the way that feels good to them. Mm -hmm. And do you have them journal or do you have the, I mean, I was just curious about a few of your tips that we could share with the listeners, not to give them um, a farm, but you know, just no. an idea of what you would do. I am a huge journaler and I have clients that journal, but if some people don't want to journal, that's fine. Yeah. I do weekly check-ins with them that are written. So they kind of have to reflect on the week that way. Again, that kind of, that kind of goes with my point, which is that health, it's so personal. So just like your spark is different from my spark, your healthy day is different from my healthy day. And 
our days might involve journaling. Someone else's might involve meditating and doing some sort of reflective gratitude journal practice as they go. It's all so personal, which is it's gotten lost in, in the health and fitness journey. People want someone to tell them what to do, which is important for guidance is important, but the personal part of it, it's very unique and very personal. I love that because you're making it personal for every single person. It's an individualized program almost for each person. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. you know what? That is so special. I'm so tired of seeing the emails come through. My program will do this. And I get three zillion emails for whatever I signed up for. And I delete, delete, delete because life is not a one size fits all. We are not one size fits all people. And Everybody has their own journey, whether it's their fitness journey, their wellness journey, their healing journey from whatever it is. And I, I really appreciate what you're doing in encouraging people and working with them to find what works for them, their body. When I reached this point where I was like, I'm doing the right things. I am eating well, I'm working out like what's missing. And I kind of look around the the gym and something that I'd notice is trainers were doing something that worked for them. So you might have some, you know, big dude who lifts tons of weights, but he's working with a little old man who's all bent over and can't, but trying to have him do the same thing because that's what he knows, taking away the personal component to it. And that's something that you, that you definitely see a lot. It's like, this worked for me, so it's going to work for you. You know, that is a big complaint of mine. I know it off topic a little bit, but physical therapy, which I've gone to, I went to physical therapy for my back and my daughter went for her knee and the guy gave us the same exercises. And I understand that our bodies are all connected. I do and anatomically, and I get that, but I still was not happy with it because it was a band-aid. You know, wasn't really getting to the root of my problem or the root of yeah. her problem. Then you must have done a lot of self-development work in order to find your spark. You must have dug deep into all sorts of readings, I'm assuming. Yeah. How to ignite your spark so that you could ignite others. Correct, Sarah? Correct. Initially, I took a lot of courses. I worked with a lot of coaches, gobbled up books. I learned and I integrated a lot of new healthy habits and practices into my day. That helped. But later, I realized that I had spent so much of my life focused on what I could see. I never really thought much about like if I believe in God or I didn't bother to think about what I call the unseen. God, source, the universe, what you interpret too is is the spark that's unseen within us and it's felt. And as a result of only focusing on what I could see, I felt very disconnected from myself, from others and the world around me. I kind of closed up some of the courses and the books and I spent a lot of time alone and in stillness, quiet reflection. I used to wake up and pump myself up with positivity, guided meditations, podcasts, books. Then I realized, and I still do some of that stuff. It's very important. Yeah. We don't want to diss podcasts because we're on. No, 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 no. (laughs) But I would wake, I would wake up and I would pump all that stuff into my head and I still consume that stuff. I just put it in a different part of my day and I tried to shift the focus from pumping my head with positivity to getting to know myself mm-hmm. and to listening to my heart and my soul. And that's when things really changed for me because I realized like 
why would I rather listen to a head full of stuff that's externally coming in than to figure out my spark? And so I really dove into inside, I guess, the inner world. You know what? I hear you. I'm a type A person. I like to fill my day. I like to fill my brain. I like to read. I like to listen, all that stuff. And in the past year, and I mean, I've been working on this my whole life, but I have found that sitting in stillness is the best way to create. It's the best way to get answers. And we can say it a million times. You know, there are meditation experts out there too. And that's another area where they say one size fits all, but it's not. It's like you said, you could go on a walk and be meditating. It's a walking dancing, music, cooking, whatever it is that takes your mind out of the present, not out of the present, but, you know, away from all the thoughts is something that is meditating and helping you bring stillness. And to me, that's the key right there is absolutely not being afraid to spend time with your own thoughts. I was afraid. I took my, um, my alone time. And at first I convinced myself that I was being with Sarah and I was proud of myself, but what I was really doing was escaping with some external stuff. And I really needed to look within more something that I help my clients with is creating their fitness week and what works for them. And that might look like practicing, like practicing the guitar for 30 minutes is a form of meditation, relaxation, healthy living, and dancing. Like you said, I think as again, it's really important to figure out the things that are important to you and to do them as often as possible. And to recognize that your version of meditation could be walking, could be playing the piano, could be dancing and that that changes too. It's really important too to work with professionals and to listen to personal growth and development things such as podcasts where you get ideas of how you can tweak what's already working for you, how you can try new things. There's a new segment on Sesame Street called I Wonder What If Let's Try. One of my clients has a granddaughter. She's like two. And she told me about this. She was like, I thought of you. And I was really happy, really honored and happy that she heard that and thought of me because that is 100% my approach. If someone says, should I cut out dairy? We'll say, I wonder what if, let's try. Stop eating dairy for maybe 30 days, figure out if you feel different, maybe figure out if there are some uh, replacements or alternatives that you discovered that work for you and you want to keep that as a permanent thing and then integrate dairy back however that might work for you but this concept of i wonder what if let's try is i think a really a really powerful and not if you say monday that's it no gluten no dairy that's it's a little different than saying i wonder what if let's try not eating dairy for three weeks i love this sarah i think that i'm a huge believer in coaches I think for every part of our life, we need a coach. And at different parts and times in our life, we need different coaches. But I particularly like the fact that you don't have one size fits all. You don't have necessarily a pre-recorded program for you that's going to fit with you, that's going to fit with you. I think what you're bringing to the world is a gift that a lot of people may not realize they need. You're integrating the mind, the body and the soul, because you are helping, I'm just reflecting back on what I've heard, because you are helping people access their spark, because they know they need to eat 
right, so to speak, and exercise. It's so important for us to move our bodies, but we also have to access that inner spark. So thank you for bringing this to the world. I love it. Thank you so much for um, that compliment. It's huge. I really appreciate it. And I'm definitely like this. I wonder what if let's try. It's so much more gentle than saying, okay, we're going on an elimination diet and you're going to cut off this, 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 and this, which may work for some people, but this seems so much gentler. So thank you. And I didn't realize it until right now, but I think maybe one of the reasons why I know that it's not one size fits all is because I'm still in kind of like in touch with all the different versions of Sarah. And I know that something may have worked for Sarah five years ago when she was working with one coach or something may have worked for Sarah two years ago when she was doing something else. And I know it works for me now and that things will look different in the future as I try different things. I I know that during, we're all at different points in our personal journeys and need different tools. And part of my job is to help present different types of things. Just like on your podcast, you present different types of ways to make people feel as much themselves and happy and healthy as possible. And I think that's a, a really important thing that the world needs. Thank you. Well, it's time for us to sadly end the podcast for now, but I thank you for bringing to light your light and what you are doing to encourage others to ignite their spark. So thank you so much for having me. Oh, it was my pleasure, Sarah. I love what you do. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. As always, I so love bringing these fabulous people to you. And just know that you can have your chip and you can work out or you don't have to, but I would say be mindful about what you're doing. And Sarah, your website is myfitweek.com. Myfitweek.com. So go out there, be fit, ignite your sparks, everybody, and shine on. Every day is a new beginning. Shine your light. It's a day and the world is waiting.